This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is not your century. This is not your century, where we celebrate the news and the news media of centuries gone by. I'm King Kaufman. October 4th, 1957. I saw the best minds of my generation destroyed by madness, starving, hysterical, naked... Howl and Other Poems, Allen Ginsberg's booklet, is not obscene. That's the verdict of Judge Clayton W. Horn in San Francisco Municipal Court. The Chronicle's David Perlman writes that the book aroused the police department and the city's literary bohemia for varying reasons. But the judge says it's not lewd. And it can't be censored. Water flats floating across the tops of cities contemplating jazz. His ruling is greeted with applause and cheers from a packed gallery that offers, quoting Perlman again, the most fantastic collection of beards, turtleneck shirts, and Italian hairdos ever to grace the grimy precincts of the Hall of Justice. Who were expelled from the academies for crazy and publishing obscene odes on the windows of the skull. Allen Ginsberg wasn't on trial. He was in Europe and wouldn't find out about the verdict for a few days. It was a different poet in the dock, Lawrence Ferling Getty, who hadn't yet published his first book, A Coney Island of the Mind. He was there as the owner of City Lights, a bookstore and publishing house in North Beach. He'd published Howl and other poems, and an undercover cop had bought a copy in the store in June. Also on trial, and also acquitted, Shig Murao, the clerk who actually sold the book to the cop and got fitted with a new pair of bracelets for his trouble. Both men could have faced six months in jail and a $500 fine. In a 39-page decision, the judge laid down a set of rules that he said should guide the police department in the future when its staffers go prowling for smut. He noted that Howell had a lot of what he called unorthodox and controversial ideas. Coarse and vulgar language is used, and sex acts are mentioned. Notably for the 1950s, that included gay sex. But unless the book is entirely lacking in social importance, the judge wrote, it cannot be held obscene. The lead defense attorney said that every book that was ever worthwhile was condemned somewhere by someone. Ferlinghetti had a way with words and may have had something interesting to say, but his actions spoke volumes. He shook a few hands, and then he raced back to North Beach to stack the windows of city lights with copies of Howl and other poems. That was a challenge to the best method of censorship America had to offer, according to Judge Horn. He wrote that governmental censorship is dangerous and should be held in tight rein. But the people... They are invited to act as guardians of public opinion by not buying any particular work of literature, sending it to oblivion, never to be heard from again. For Howl and other poems, that was more than a million copies ago. Howl had made its debut two years earlier at a reading in a mechanics garage turned art gallery called Six Gallery on Fillmore near Filbert. 
Kenneth Rexroth, an older poet, organized the event featuring five young poets, including Ginsburg, Michael McClure, and Gary Snyder. Rexroth, by the way, had coached Ginsburg to improve the poem that eventually became Howl. Ginsburg had showed him an earlier draft, which was called Dream Record, 1955. Rexroth said it was too formal. It's like you're wearing Columbia University Brooks Brothers ties, he said. The rewrite is where Ginsburg found what became his signature voice, heavily influenced by Walt Whitman, with long lines determined by the length of Ginsburg's breaths. He said the lines were musical. They were built on bop. Who got busted in their pubic beards returning through Laredo with a belt of marijuana for New York? That reading at the Sixth Gallery is the stuff of legend. It came to be known as the coming out party for the Beat Generation. Jack Kerouac was there two years before he published On the Road. He dramatized the scene in his novel The Dharma Bums. Also there, Neil Cassidy, the model for On the Road's hero, Dean Moriarty. And Ferlinghetti, who sent Ginsburg a telegram the next day offering to publish Howl. The Sixth Gallery reading and the obscenity trial were dramatized in the movie Howl in 2010, with James Franco as Ginsburg. Allen Ginsberg died in 1997 at the age of 70. Lawrence Ferlinghetti, still the owner of City Lights, is 100 years old. His latest novel, Little Boy, was published in March. The writer of the Chronicle's story that day, David Perlman, is also 100 years old, and he just retired two years ago after 60 years as a science writer, starting right about the time of the Howell Obscenity Trial. You can hear him interviewed on the Big Event podcast, on the episode dated January 16th, 2019. This has been Not Your Century, a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. Audrey Cooper, Editor-in-Chief. Get great journalism today at sfchronicle.com. I'm King Kaufman. Talk to me on Twitter at King underscore Kaufman. We now return you to your 